Hi, I'm Dr. Gil Wilshire. I'm a board-certified physician, surgeon, and reproductive endocrinologist. Welcome to my series of podcasts where we discuss medical matters that matter to you. I'll be interviewing top experts in their fields, and we'll also be delving into fascinating backstories from deep within the world of medicine. Welcome to the Dr. Gill Show, where we talk about medical matters that matter to you. Our guest today is Mr. Ryan Wright. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Well, hello, Mr. Gill. Thank you for having me. Nice to have you. Ryan Wright, LMT, Licensed Massage Therapist. That's a true license, isn't it, Ryan? Yes, it is. One I had to work my butt off for. So I understand that 45 out of 50 states have true licensure of massage therapists. Indeed. We, we've been working on trying to get all of them to require it, but that would be too easy in Illinois. <laughs> yes. And, and so I assume just like a medical license, you have to continually uh, update and get continuing credits and education and all these criteria to, con- to maintain your licensure. Yeah, yes, indeed. We, we have uh, each state has different requirements on like CEUs that you need. Um, you have to have hours held before you can get your license to maintain it from there. So if you move from one state to another, they sometimes say, oh, I see you've been doing this forever, but we need you to get some more license hours. Right. Which is always fantastic. Always great. This is a real thing. This is a true licensed profession. So, Ryan, uh, when did you have an inkling in your life that you wanted to become a massage therapist and, and, and a healer? So, uh, as with a lot of things in people's young lives, uh, I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite drunk at the time. <laughs> yeah, at the time, no. Um, I had been kind of just living day by day. I was working in the like the bar industry downtown and working with like local music groups, and we had been on tour and. You know, I had reached that point where I realized I, I couldn't really do that anymore. I was getting older, and it just was not for me. Um, and I was trying to decide, what do I want to do? What should I do? I, I don't know what I'm good at. Grandma always wanted me to help people, but I just didn't, you know, know where to go. And I would, uh, when, like, our drummer would be hurting, I'd be working on his neck, just instinctively. Ah. Didn't didn't think about it. would be like, just sit down, and I'd work on him. And he'd get back on me, do his stuff. And the night I decided to quit working with the bands um i was riding shotgun talking to our singer and uh, guitarist about how yeah guys I, I think i'm done and that's when the radio started playing an ad for the school i ended up going to an angel moment <laughs> one of those yeah those holy yes. crap like wow. this had to happen moments and then i went well that's right i i knew red because i i had met red uh, amanda freebert she's a, also an lmt who used to also work in the music bar industry and i Hadn't spoken to her in years, and I this is back in the day of MySpace, which uh, for yeah. Grandpa's Facebook, <laughs> um, and I I went back onto the MySpace, and I was like, does she still have a profile? And I, I saw it, and I was like, hey, Red, I was thinking about maybe you know jumping into what you're doing. Just had that moment. She's like, oh yeah, no, uh, here's the school, and I'm like, hey, that's the same school that I just heard about. Was that down Jefferson City? That was in Jeff City. What uh, was the name of it? So it was a uh, Metro Business College of all things. Um, they had a uh, a several. They had like medical billing and coding programs and all these other things. But they sure. also had a massage therapy program. Um, who, uh, well, like 
Red herself had gone through it, and several of the people I know now had gone through it. And so they were like, yeah, no, give it a shot, give it a chance. I'm like, you know what, fine, whatever. So you enrolled, and how long was that training? So that training was an intensive course. It took nine months. We were there um, four to five days a week. We'd get there at like seven, eight in the morning. We'd leave at about four in the afternoon. Wow. We'd just work all day, all day. Friday was mostly makeup days to do like extra practicals and stuff, but you'd come in to do extra work. Just so it was a rigorous training program. Then after the nine months, do you just take your, your test and get your license? How do you get the um, LMT? So, like as I alluded to earlier, each state has its own credentials and its own need, but there is a standardized national test. And now there used to be more than one, but now there's just the MBLEX, which is the one that I personally took. Um, so what they do is you get your training and then you qualify to go take the test. Mm -hmm. And so we all kind of sign up ahead of time. Uh, and then we went and we actually took the test here in town, uh, that bank that's back behind, uh, Sonic off of, uh, what is that near, near knife an actual written test? Uh, it's a computerized test. So right. Yeah. 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 yeah yes. We, but yes, a written test you, you come in, you, they load up your computer, you get randomized questions. Uh, you click that that mouse. I have done mm -hmm. these for my board certification. And of course, the, the yeah, fun part with these is you, the test will end the moment you've either can't pass it or you have passed it. Ah, oh, so it's pass fail. Pass fail. And so you can be taking this and your screen turns off and you're like, holy shit, what happened? Right. Did, did I fail? Did I pass? Like, because you're seeing other people still going and you're like, what does that mean? Right, <laughs> it's, right. It's terrifying. So you pass fail. Mm hmm. Yeah, I remember when the screen went off with me. Just it's so cold. You're done, sir. <laughs> yeah, so it's, a, it's a it's a kind of terrifying moment because you're sitting here thinking, I did all this training and I'm about to find out if yeah. it mattered. Like, did did I get this figured out? Did I do this? And then wow. for my my testing specifically, I, you stand up, you walk out, and there was this older woman standing in the lobby because you get your test results immediately. Okay. And uh, th this woman, she's one of those. She's ancient enough that I'm pretty sure they built the building around her. Like she was <laughs> always there and they just yeah, did yeah. it. And so she, she walks over and she sees that I have uh, finished and she asks my name and I give right. it to her and she walks over and she files through and she gets her hands on the paper and she walks over and she looks at me. She looks down at the paper. She looks back at me. Looks back down the paper again, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm draw this out. Yeah, I'm shitting a brick at this right. point because I'm like, she's she's got this droll, like empty look on her face, right. and she right. goes, "Congratulations, congratulations!" And I'm like, da, "You freaking!" Da, 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 <laughs> so I was actually the first one done in my group too. So like that was kind of that holy crap, I did it moment. I believe the 1800s here in the United States. It was an early form of massage therapy that the orthopedists would use to augment their their their, their treatments. I think the it was mainly women. I think they were called rubbers. <laughs> yes, they would indeed. rub, not yes, not, not the latex uh, flexible material, mm -hmm. but actually someone who would rub, and they would work in conjunction with orthopedic doctors and whatnot, and became their own little specialty. Yeah, uh, we've. Like I was saying, every country has slowly adapted it and had their own techniques. And we, we picked one. Native Americans have had their own version of it huh. that has moved into, well, I've, we've taken everything from them. So it would make sense that we would have done it too. Take that too, sure. <laughs> you know, why, why wouldn't we? Why would you um, stop there? Very true. But uh, no, it, it just it, it has been a global service, for lack of a better term, a, a global healing modality that has existed basically since mankind has when we start sure. seeing written records it exists and it, it makes sense like we 
we always want to feel comforted and feel like we're helping someone and you have to try and early man sure. like your body hurts well let me touch it see what's going on you sure know? sure we, you can do it yourself you have a cramp you can massage your own muscle so uh i'm sure it's been around uh, forever virtually and i believe in the late 1800s perhaps in europe and whatnot it was used for various therapies the the treatment of women's depression and issues has a very <laughs> Interesting, colorful story. Sto is, uh, also in gynecology, there's some very interesting things we won't talk about today. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, but I believe in the 1800s is where the term masseuse and masseur uh, came about. I believe so. It's one of those things I deliberately don't use the term. Yeah, it, it so has faith. Well, I'll just jump into that. In mm -hmm. the maybe in the 50s, it, it became uh, an actual organization. Uh, grew from that and uh, this American Association of Massage Therapy mm -hmm. uh, came about. And then I believe in the um, 60s, the term massage parlor came to be. I, <laughs> I grew up outside of New York and that was associated with prostitution and whatnot. Yes. So massage parlor and whatnot uh, really needed to be shunned and separated from the legitimate yeah. massage therapist. And I believe 60s and 70s is where the term massage therapist uh, came into being. Does that sound right? Yeah, it's around there. I used to know the exact date. Well, roughly the exact date because, you sure. know, there's always like, this is when it was said first. And this is the first time it's written and trying to right, figure out exactly right. where it is. But uh, no, as you've alluded to, it certain terms became synonymous with, right. I don't want to say unsavory because, I mean, sex work is sex sure. work. But, right. you know, right. it, is what um, it, is. It, it was considered uncouth. And so right. people started seeing what is now our massage therapist as just being part of that and not being a medical aspect, not being a healthcare aspect. Right. And so, especially us, when I was in school, we were constantly told, you are an LMT, you are a yes. licensed massage therapist, you are not yes. a masseuse, you are not a masseur. Right. Because even though in Europe, that term still holds its weight. It's, it's oh, really? They, yeah, they still actually tend to prefer to be called that because it doesn't have the connotation that it does here. Right, because sex work doesn't have the stigma it, it has does, here either. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so there's various types of massage therapy, Ryan, and it is bewildering. <laughs> and so let me tell you what my understanding is. There's mm -hmm. the light touch and there's even an energy and even mm -hmm. types where the hands are even just held over the body. Good old Reiki. Yeah. Good old Reiki and energy and type of stuff. And they bring in hot rocks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's the light energizing feel-good massage that i believe uh, you therapists call it the fluff and buff the fluff and buff the fluff yeah. and buff technically it would be swedish is usually used for that but okay. we generally call it the you call it buff. the fluff and buff and then there's these various types where you get in deeper um there's some types where you you blend in stretching and whatnot mm -hmm. it might be a, a tie massage or something then there's where you're really getting into the tissues of the body. Yes. And I think the most extreme of that would be called rolfing, where you come out black and blue. Black at the and end, blue. <laughs> and where you're releasing fascia and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously a great variety of massage modalities. And I was wondering, Ryan, could you take me through these modalities as you understand them and comment on them, what you think are the strengths and weaknesses, perhaps? Well, yeah. I mean, there's. There is, as you mentioned, a, a plethora, a multitude of modalities. I, I could be talking for hours about how many there are. So I'll, I'll try to nip it down a little to probably some more common ones. Give me the highlights. The so highlights. it's something with somebody 
mm. going to a website uh, yeah, for yeah. A, a therapist or, so, or, a, or a chain or something mm-hmm. offering these. Help translate these various types for us, please. Cool, cool, cool. So if you're going to, like you said, a chain, right, you are most likely going to encounter Swedish massage, which we've gone over as uh, the, the gen for lack of a better term, the generic, it is the light, it's relaxation. It's all over the body. You it is, come it's out, full body. it feels really mm-hmm. good, and you come out uh, feeling good. Yeah, it, it, it peaks up circulation, it makes releases stress, relieves a little bit of minor pain. It, it's more about maintaining just a, a level of calm and serenity. Um, then you've got more like deep tissue, like you were saying, which is a more in-depth, um, it uses less emollient, less lubricants, if you will, um, because you want to actually get in and hold into those muscles. And you can feel sore after those, but it, it's to get, as it says, deep tissue is not necessarily heavy pressure, which is something ah. I will constantly be t- going off about. Maybe I'm sure. focused? Would that be a better term? Focus, yes, it focused. So deep tissue specifically is talking about getting to the deeper tissues not the superficial swedish tends to deal with the superficial the top layer of your tissues your outer layer of muscle whereas deep tissue focuses more on the inner layer the underneath so like what's under your traps for instance the trap is an outer sheath an outer muscle you've got things underneath that right and so it focuses more on those and that means you have to take time to sink into the tissue to get down into them to dwell to dwell yes i love that expression i had a therapist say I had a sore spot. I said, would you stay there? And she says, would you like me to dwell there? I said, oh, yes, please dwell. I love that. I do enjoy that. <laughs> yes. But um, and deep tissue is, is slower work. Um, if someone is roughly moving over you rapidly, that's probably not actually deep tissue. It's just someone who's applying heavy pressure. Right. Um, and you can do heavy pressure during a deep tissue massage, but it's normally at least medium to firm when you're doing deep tissue because you take your time to sink in, and generally a lighter touch is not going to get down into there. Gotcha. But uh, a, a good amount of people come in and ask for deep tissue, but they just want you to rough them up. And they, they want harder pressure. They just want harder pressure. They, they don't necessarily want the deeper tissues affected. Well, I got to tell you, Ryan, I have tremendous respect for uh, – therapists like you that do these these deeper stuff i tell you i tell my wife you know, i'll give you a foot rub and i three minutes <laughs> in my hands are tired um I'll give her a little show i give somebody a neck rub I'll tell you two minutes my hands are tired and whatnot and you do this hour upon hour upon hour how do how do you get the strength uh when i figure that out i'll let you know no uh <laughs> honestly it's just you build up your stamina as it goes on um they they tell you when you're in school that a decent amount of therapists last either a year or a lifetime because it's a lot harder than people think it is it's you are heavy lifting for lack it's of hard work right yeah i mean like it is a workout not just for the person on the table but also for the therapist themselves like i will be sweaty sometimes depending on what i'm doing you, you know? work hard my friend and I mean, like when you're lifting someone off the table with the tips of your fingers, you know, you're you're putting a lot of stress on your joints. So. I know you pull my arm, my <laughs> yeah. shoulder into various positions. I, I do That's a lot of stretching easy. and mobility work with you. Yeah. And just in general, because the type of I, I'm more of a tacticular therapist. I like to move people through their motions. I, I, I'm not really a fluff and buff therapist. It's, no, you're it's not. not what I'm into. Usually I do get them occasionally. And I'm just like, could have sent you to somebody else. Sure, sure. So, so as far as names of deep tissue, what what is myofascial? That sounds uh, like okay, it should so be deep. Myo itself means muscle. Means muscle. And fascia is a type of tissue. It's, it's the gristle. Tissue. It's, it's the, the gristle, gristle around the muscles. Yes, it's, uh, it's yeah. described as a spider web that sure. 
it's a, a solid cohesive sheath that wraps all around your body. It, it incorporates and encompasses and just goes through and around the muscle. Surrounds every muscle. Every it true is, muscle has a sheath. Yes, pre- it is pretty a, much. It is a supporting structure, and uh, as I alluded to, it is one solid sheath, which means if you have a a kink in one part, it can affect a completely different part of that sheath, which is a huge thing. And myofascial release is working to get into areas of ischemia that are trapped there. Low, poor blood flow. Poor blood flow, yes. That is like stuck hard, tense points in that fascia that is creating pain and soreness and affecting other parts of the body. And we get in there and we loosen that up and we bring the blood flow back and we get it moving, we get it mobile so that you have better range, you have less pain. And it gets you out of that vicious cycle where yes. it hurts so you don't move it, and you don't move it so it hurts. Yeah, you break it, you break me out of that cycle all the time. Um, what else would deep tissue be called? Now, I mentioned rolfing. Does anybody still do that? What are your thoughts on uh, that? So rolfing is one that it's always been on my, at some point, I'm going to go sit down and study it, but it also, like, like I've got 8 million other things to study at the same time because, you know, CUs are... A thing, but um, I have known a rolfer. I referred to her as a torture technician. Some of my best friends are rolfers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, so, she's so a torture technician. So it, there is pain involved with rolfing. It, very much. I mean, it, technically, if it's done correctly, it should feel tense, but not necessarily painful. Um, that being said, a lot of people react to right. it. Sure, they sure. react to it. Um, and then they become addicted to it, as most masochists do. So. Interesting, interesting. So tell me about other forms of therapy where it's, there's stretching involved. I mentioned I was told about Thai massage. Thai um, massage is part of it. You got fascial stretch therapy, which is not exactly uh, the same as myofascial therapy, because fascial stretch is actually doing more mm. stretching, whereas myofascial is more controlled down into the work or the muscle and the tissue so how do you know what you need how is somebody <laughs> with a backache a sore neck something some pain somewhere how do you pick how do you know who to go to well hopefully your therapist is trained for one but um no so any good therapist when you go to them they're going to sit you down and they're going to talk to you about what you're currently experiencing they're going to ask you what is your medical history they're going to ask you what is your day-to-day routine like how long have you had this pain they're going to have been hopefully watching you when you walk in to assess right, your gait right. to see, see limp in, yeah. yeah, which which shoulder is higher? Are they pronated forward? Are they tilting their head to one side more? This way, we can assess where you've already got muscle impingement, where you've got areas that just aren't able to move cr- properly, mm-hmm. and then we sit down with you and say, okay, so you've told me that you sit at a computer all day, and when you're not doing that, you're just at home lounging because you work so much you don't have time to go out and work out you don't do any stretching so we sit there and go okay so we we know that you are probably caught up in these areas we need to open you up so mm-hmm. we ask you what do you want out of this session that's always the first uh, thing we want to ask do you want to yeah. just feel better today do you want to feel better multiple days in a row or do you want to get to a point where that pain you're feeling is a thing of the past and gotcha. all of those things lead to a different style a different like plan that we will make with you so you want a, a, a therapist with experience in all of these to an extent a, a good therapist will sit there and say if, if they run into something that they don't know how to handle they'll say that's outside of my area of expertise i can do x y and z and we can give it a try and see if it works but if you don't want to do that i can refer you to someone else like that's the way i've always been if i've had someone come in with a problem that i don't know how to deal with i'm upfront about it like there's, there's no need to pretend sure. 
that you right, know right, more right, than right. you do. And I'll be like, that's out of my skill set. Or someone will come in like, I've got all these tears. And I'm like, well, I'm not pulling that. I don't know why right. you would want me to pull that. You should go get an MRI, you know? Right. It's one of those things. We had this history of people thinking that we were hookers to now thinking right. that we're their they're one and only medical doctor. I'm like, yeah, but that's not that, that's an extreme. Both of those are extremes. Right. We, we need to not do that. And right. I will always refer people to a medical professional when we run into something that I can't handle. And right. we will run into, uh, run into that. Right. Because like when you are working on my back, you will frequently pop in the exact mm -hmm. same places that my chiropractor would adjust. Uh, maybe not as many, but mm -hmm. it's just amazing how many joints in my body will pop and realign when they're being encourage you to go in the right direction so any other types of massage let's talk more about these stretching types uh, the tie mm -hmm. we have we, we both have a friend his, i will mention his name his name is albino yes. love albino I, I love albino but he he makes you work you yes, gotta flex things and stuff <laughs> whereas with you i can come in i, I i'm done for the day <laughs> when i see you i'm done i want to be done too i, I just want to lie there and have you fix me mm -hmm. um where the, his types of, what would you type that, call that modality where the, the, the client is actually kind of moving and participating? So it's, it's a more active stretch. It's a more active participant. And active is literally what we use for a lot of that. Um, there are a couple different words, but none of them really kind of fit right into it. You, you will literally just have someone tell you that that's myofascial release because myofascial release can use that. Um, and it, it's a fun little issue we have where sometimes they overlap and you never sure. really know which one you're doing right right which right. is a bit of a problem sometimes what's this core i think uh, our friend does something called core therapy core. Is, is is that is that a would you call the type of massage or that's an actual physical therapy with a, with its own well and so that's where we run into like as i was to my, my favorite part is myofascial release is considered a therapy okay and they will say, if you like ask, who is this performed by? And like they, they ask, who are you get from? And they'll be like, your physical therapist or a sports doctor. And then like at the very end of that list, they'll say, and even your massage even therapist. Even a massage therapist. And you run into this a lot where. <laughs> oh, what a shame. Well, yeah, we, we still are kind of trying to get uh, recognized for the work we do. But there is an overlap. A lot of physical therapists become massage therapists or have massage therapy licenses. And this, the opposite is also true sometimes, where you will have a massage therapist who is trained as a physical therapist. There is an overlap, and you often find yourself using techniques that could be one or the other. As long as you're accredited, go right ahead, you know, that kind of thing. Make sure you right. know what you're doing, which is always a problem sometimes. Right. Now, one of the things you do with me is you do cross-fiber. <laughs> I think there's also an aspect of friction to it yes there's and you have to know the anatomy like i i as a surgeon as a physician i, I know anatomy obviously I've, i'm supposed to i've forgotten a lot of things but i still know basic anatomy and i know that you know because i know which muscle you're hitting precisely <laughs> and so tell me more about this cross fiber work that you do that i find so uh, so beneficial so Cross-fiber friction, in its full term, is where you are applying pressure across the fibers. Instead of going along their length, like up and down along their length, they're going across them. And what you're doing is you're warming that fiber up. You're breaking up any fascial adhesions that are in between them. You're getting them to move. And so cross-fiber can be more vigorous. Uh, 
because of its warming, it brings on erythemia more often, which is a reddening in the skin. Okay. Um, and it really works to loosen up what I call fascial gluing. Tight spots, man. They, 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 get, mm-hmm. they get tied up in knots, and you, you're getting the knots out mm-hmm. uh, in, in the most effective way I've ever uh, encountered. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out who, I'm pretty sure it was my teacher, Sam. She was the one who did it to me first on the table and just casually mentioned that's what it was. And so I just picked it up from her right off uh-huh. the bat and then took extra classes as time went on. Because like what you learn in basic massage is different per state. Because, you know, there, there's always a different book that somebody's using. I have uh, I've taken CEUs in the past yeah. that have called themselves advanced. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, very swiftly been like, well, this was a fun review of the core basics that I took back in class. And then remembering that, well, maybe it was for my class, but it wasn't mm-hmm. for another. And so that's, that's one of the reasons we push for CEUs and continued education because right. the, the base may not be the same in every state, unfortunately. Right. And when you get as experienced as you are, advanced is, is just day-to-day for you. That's not really super advanced. Uh, one of those things I, I, I will one day come to terms with that I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, and you do. And, and you really, really do. Um, are there any types of massage I haven't brought up now? Any other... Um, modalities that you think deserve some uh, some time right well, now. Well, I mean, I, I like to, like something I per- personally can't perform because my touch is a bit more husky these days. I have a heavier sure. touch, but um, a lot of lighter touch, like uh, lymphatic drainage is something yeah, you can tell do. Tell me about that. That's really important. So lymph, lymph, let me tell people what lymph is. Every time there's a major, a significant blood vessel in your body, there's an artery that's feeding blood out, and they come in little bundles. There's the vein that brings the blood back, but then there's this also this very filmy that these vessels are very thin walled. You can't really identify them except under the microscope as a vessel, but it brings fluids back. So when the blood pumps into the tissues and the blood comes back, it leaks a little bit. The fluid, the actual watery substance comes out of the blood, goes into the tissues, and this this fluid needs to come back as well. So these vascular bundles have three components, and one of them is the lymph, and it is passive. It's not being pumped back by itself. It's got little... It's very complicated, but that fluid needs to come back to the body, and sometimes it needs some help, especially when we get older or injured, right? Yes, 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 yes. All right, now that that people know what (laughs) lymph is, uh, tell me more. So lymphatic drainage is... A very light work. It's it's almost superficial. You we we say you use uh, a, a dime's worth of pressure or a nickel's worth of pressure, where we guide the lymph back into the nodes, like and try to get it to move. It's it's getting it to clear out areas where it's pooling and then reabsorb it back into the body the way it needs to. I thought I would think that would have to be kind of firm. I wouldn't think that light touch would help lymph but uh, i'm here to learn yeah i mean it's one of those things when you're when you're really compressing into it you're working more into the muscle itself and you're causing pain production you're causing all these other reactions and the the lymph just kind of stays where it is it doesn't get guided back in but when you're lightly briskly just surface level moving it um we do it for people who have like swelling in their their lower legs and after surgeries i mean mind you you wait a little bit after a surgery for you know healing but um it's some people wear like compression socks and I wear compression socks. Yes. <laughs> on, on my surgery days. It takes an extra minute to get mm-hmm. out of them uh, when I come see you, but they're all the way up to my knee. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, and, and they're always fun, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> but, getting them on is tough, too. 
But uh, no, lymphatic drainage is used to kind of help that along. It's one of those things where we uh, run into a small hiccup, I suppose, in that as we were once again considered more of an esoteric We, source, as you mean massage therapists. Yes, as, as we massage therapists were considered more esoteric for a long time and not really medical or healthcare. A lot of what we did was not properly researched and it's only now finally getting like peer-reviewed backed research yeah, you have a real journal now yeah we do and which one. is delightful um yeah, and appropriate it, well yeah and it, it's one we should have had for a long time but because of that a lot of these things we were doing people are like well i mean maybe it works and it's like well now we're like well no it does work and this is how which is a good thing to finally be able to say yes no we have it and there's modalities that research is still being done on you know it's been done for hundreds of years and we know it works but we don't know why it works and we're getting to that point of finally being able to say yes this is what causes it and for some things like you're going to have your different schools of thought in everything. And in massage, you've got the more spiritual aspect side and you've got the more technical medical side. And there's overlap between them. And sometimes they don't get along, as one does. But being able to bring that stuff that was once thought to be more, for lack of a better term, mystical. Sure. And bringing it in and going, no, this is why this happens. This is what it's doing. It's activating this part of the parasympathetic nerve system. This is what it's doing has been really useful. And lymphatic drainage is one of them where we're now finally seeing people go, yes, this, this is really working. And you will have hospitals that employ people just to do lymphatic drainage for p patients, which is fantastic. That's great. I know the um, hospital here in Columbia um, had for a long time a, a two massage therapists mm -hmm. on staff uh, for patients who were in bed or bedridden or whatnot and provided tremendous uh, benefit and comfort. Uh, and, and now as we see, evidence-based uh, benefits. Yeah. And it, it, it's good. It, it's affirming because <laughs> it, it's always interesting when you put it this way. In my early career, I would have medical professionals be on my table. And yeah. to, it, it's great to feel condescended towards <laughs> when they would be like, so did you have to go to school for this? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, yes, this muscle. And I'm like, yeah, I know what that I, muscle is. Yeah, I can tell I you where to... it, it attaches, where it originates, what, a, what nerve innervates it, what yeah. it does. And, or my favorite, oh, God, the, <laughs> the guy that comes in all snooty tells me that, you know, he's this big, important medical professional. And yeah. he's like, I need all this work on my IT band. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I get down and I'm working on his IT band and he just starts huffing. I'm like, well, what's wrong? Does it, does it not, does it hurt? Is it it's like, no, it's just like, I need you to get to my IT band. I'm like, okay. This is your and, IT, and I, IT I, band, I just, sir. I let it sit for a second and I just continued working and then I worked my way up into, through the gluteals because there was obvious uh, connections there that needed to be released. And when I got to the piriformis, he's like, oh, uh, finally. Thanks. And I was uh, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, oh, I, I'm at your IT now. Oh yeah, definitely. Finally working into it. Took you long enough. I'm like, mm-hmm. And uh, you, our rooms have changed since uh, since then. So you know we have that lovely muscle man on the wall, which is kind of yeah the the, the anatomy the stripped yes. uh, the stripped down skin is off and the mm. muscles are yes that's the more artsy one. We used to have a more like clinical one that actually had all the muscles labeled on it. And so I'm right. not saying that when the right. session ended, I walked over and said, you know, some stretches that would help your piriformis, piriformis. and <laughs> pointed at it, but. I'm not saying I didn't either. So. Right. Yeah, I love that. That's a classic. And it goes back to the uh, early Vesalius diagrams of the mm -hmm. anatomy. And I like the armed forces. There's actually the same thing in kind of a fighting pose yes. that mm -hmm. shows the muscles in an interesting way as well. 
Which, wow. for the record, by the way, the Mr. Medical Professional turned out to be a dentist. So ah, that was, dang, even, ah. it was even more fun. I'm like, yes, of course you know more about the muscles than I do. Thank you. Thank you for telling me where I am in life. <laughs> yeah, so I'm taking home from this that there's many different modalities of, mm-hmm. of massage therapy. And an experienced, trained therapist will, will, will probably have access to the various techniques to try to help that that may help your your problem yeah um but as we've said earlier we we have to maintain our licenses which means each state has a different amount that they require of ceus which is continued education units um that you have to have to be able to reapply for your license our licenses come up every two years here in missouri so we have to have the CEUs ready. We have to have like our insurance to prove that we're doing stuff and we have to pay for our licenses. And so they want you to always be learning new things, which is important. I sure, mean, that's great. Uh, like I, for instance, I'm an, uh, pardon me, I am, for instance, a prenatal therapist. Um, oh my goodness. Tell me more about that. Uh, prenatal is working with someone in the well, prenatal part. So during pregnancy during and pregnancy. often after the pregnancy doing postnatal work. Um, and it's one of those things that has changed a lot as the years have gone on, as more research has been done to go, oh, that thing we used to do maybe wasn't so great. Um, you will occasionally still see some old school prenatal therapists with like the hole in the table for their stomach. And I am not someone that ascribes to that. I feel it puts too much strain and pressure on the mother's back, which if the mother is stressed, the infant is stressed, which is not a great thing to be having during the pregnancy. Um, and so we do our sideline, which is where they're laying on their side. We bolster them. We have plenty of pillows around them to kind of keep them cushioned. And prenatal itself is one of those things where we pull back a bit. Um, any stress the mother's under, the baby's under. And so we don't want to push too hard. But it, it's good for addressing pains in the hips, especially as oh, yeah. they widen during the pregnancy. We work on their feet to help with like any oh, swelling. All that's kinds going of aches on. and pains mm-hmm. in pregnancy of what women go through. And I'm sure there's swelling and some lymphatic yep. work and, yes. the, and mm-hmm. the legs would be very helpful there as well. Yes. And uh, that's one that was the very first modality I picked up out of school. The very first thing I did, because I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to have all these clients, if they get pregnant and I can't work on them anymore, that's pointless. Right. So I was like, I, this is something that's important. It's very commonplace. I should be part of this. So I, I have actually retaken that class a couple of times. Well, not just that class, but multiple classes on it as time has gone on to go, okay, well, this is, the, they said we should do this, but now they're saying we shouldn't do this because it, you know, science marches on and you have to be like, okay, so what we thought was good. I mean, people like to eat off lead in the past, and we see that's right. a problem now, <laughs> you know. Right, right. So it, it's been really interesting to be able to always learn something new. And you always should. You always should. I've taken sports massage classes as time has gone on. I've taken more myofascial classes. And it's always good to be picking up these new modalities. We're learning cupping now, for instance, which is great. Interesting. So tell me what type of uh – work or extra training or experience you'd want to be to do uh, sports massage so uh, by the way mr olympia is going on right now and i know bodybuilders uh, a lot rely on massage because they're talk about muscles under stress mm-hmm. so yes, tell yes, me yes. a little bit more about sports massage so sports massage you've got um like pre-event uh intra-event and post-event massage so massage that you use to warm someone up to get them prepped and ready to go into their event you've got massage that they're currently like when you see um during the olympics when someone is doing different routines and they're laying there getting worked on because they just finished something but they've got another run they're supposed to do and it's to keep things moving properly keep the tissues working properly keep the joints moving properly uh it's one where you you keep their body at the right level when it comes to like circulation and breathing you don't want to 
raise their heart rate too much or lower it too much for what they're about to do. And then post-event uh, massage is obviously one where you're working directly with them after they're done, and that tends to be more vigorous. You don't want to be, or not more vigorous, more deep work afterwards. You don't want to really be doing deep before or okay. during, especially not during. Um, and it's one of those things where different people, you'll have people that do a lot of stretching. There's a lot of stretching usually in sports massage. Um, it's preparatory. We want to keep them active obviously and so you will see a lot of sports masseuses because i know people love that word but uh, sports massage therapists will be working at gyms and you will be able to go there after your workout and get a cool down which Uh, is always important that way that you're not getting all that lactic acid buildup in your muscles we're helping to move it free and prevent some of that soreness you're going to have later which is really important yeah a couple years ago i had a therapist worked on the uh, university of missouri football Mm -hmm. team I don't know how many, if they employ one or two or ten, but uh, <laughs> it's part of that whole uh, strength conditioning and uh, injury uh, treatment uh, uh, offering. Oh, yeah. You I know? mean, they got to keep their athletes healthy. Yeah. And in fact, to be fair, I, I accredit athletes in general with kind of changing the attitude towards massage therapy as time has gone on because, like, I, I've been doing it for about 12 years. Um, and when I first started as a therapist, yeah, here in the middle of the Midwest, um, where I was working was constantly booked, but constantly busy. But as a male, I couldn't get booked. I would be sitting there and we would have people come in and call in and be like, do you have availability? It's like, oh, yeah, we have this availability with Ryan. And they're like, is that a girl? And right. no. And they're like, oh, well, I guess I'll try again another time. And like, there was just the as the attitudes towards massage back then were more fluff and buff light and fluffy right. or unfortunately considered more sensual because we still had to deal with the idea that you know it was well hookering right and so you would have women who were intimidated about being in a, a vulnerable state uh in a, alone in a room with a man which Un- i understand, understandably understandable. sure and you would have men who were just basically there to like not get a happy ending but have a lady touch a them. lady touch them sure and sure. so when they'd find out that it was a dude they're like no i don't want that um but when you started seeing more and more athletes talk about how they owed their their journey and their their vigor and vitality to the fact that they went and they were getting massage and it was helping them to keep working longer, right. you suddenly saw people going, "Oh, hey, I I actually do want to come get a massage because it, it is healthcare. It is helping me with everything, yeah. and it also helped men in general get it because you would see a lot of male sports massage therapists in these interviews and big so, muscular big muscular he powerful man, yeah. guys and right, they're like right. oh okay yeah this this is something that it, i feel safe doing unfortunately it also created the idea that only men were strong enough giant air quotes right. here people yeah right, right um i mean like they've never had a massage from tessa <laughs> so she could break you love tessa mr to death um but no it, it's it, one of those things, gendered stereotypes and all that horrible stuff that goes into any profession. Sure, sure. And I can tell you that, you know, when you if you if you haven't had a massage and there's people out there that are shy away from it as a guy, it would probably be easier to start with a female therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice. There is a sensual aspect to it. Um, and then uh, I tell you what, I, I was uh, at a f- bunch of female massage therapists over the years. But then once I got on, on Ryan's table, <laughs> I felt the energy and the power. All of a sudden, you realize why you're there. So maybe there is a, it's like wine or cigars or something. You work your way up to the, to the good ones. And, uh, you know, when I'm there with you, Ryan, I'm there for, I'm there for business. Yeah. And, uh, and you deliver it. Um, so let's talk about this, this, this 
confusion or this mix of <laughs> sexuality, sensuality, touch, hetero, homo, uh, all this stuff that that does obviously uh, pertain to sexuality because for a lot of people, touch is equated uh, with sexuality. Um, gee, where, where do we start? Well, I... I think for as a massage therapist, I view safe platonic touch as a healing thing, right? And because one of the biggest problems we actually have in America in general is this idea, like you were saying, that touch is inherently sexual when, right. when it's not. Uh, one of the reasons men don't live as long is because we tend to have higher stress levels and blood pressure, which we it's been proven in studies that something as simple as a hand on the shoulder or a hug will bring your blood pressure down. And this is something that women tend to be more capable of doing and being more open and touching with each other without it meaning anything else. Whereas men kind of shy away because like if they're touching a woman, there's a sexual thought to it. And if it's a right. guy touching, like, I don't want to think like that. Right. Um, and so part of my job is to bring and give safe platonic touch to people to bring, bring relaxation and calm to them. And so that's something I'm always trying to stress to people. But unfortunately because of the way things went in the past and because of the, the way people think in general that you know touch is sexual it became part of like things that someone at a brothel would do it would be like right. foreplay everyone loves to R think right, of, right. i'll give you a little massage before we go anywhere you know right. that kind of thing uh -huh. um and so it was just unfortunately lumped in there it was wound in and trying to weave it apart to pull the untangle those christmas lights you know it, it's something yeah. that yes Touch can be all these things, um, but America especially really likes to sure. see touch as just something sexual. And when you deal with, quite frankly, uh, the attitudes America has towards sexuality in general. Okay. Um, which, it, it, we're an interesting country. We love to depict violence, but we get real, real right. finicky about sexuality and just the body in general. Like, here in the United States... In general, I'm going to say in general because I'm sure there's there's exceptions. There's always exceptions. Uh, most places you go, at least corporate places, like um, professional places, you are going to be draped during your massage, right? Sure. Um, you will dress down to your comfort level and you will have drapery which covers your your naughty bits. Hey, right? your naughty bits and every, every other part's covered but what you're working on. Yes, yes, yes. And we will move that drapery to address an area and then we will reapply the drapery afterwards. We have some things that is done, like craniosacral is done with clothes on because it, it's a light, soft touch. It's a lot of holds, so you don't need to take your clothes off for it. Right. Um, but uh, other countries are more chillax for lack of a better word about that sweden comes in again sweden good old sweden uh, yeah, um, they just, they go, you go to a hot tub where everyone's naked no it, one thinks twice exactly and so you will have where you're lucky to get a small towel to cover your googly bits um uh -huh. and so one of my favorite parts once again everything happens in your first year of therapy is when you start seeing all the stereotypes of oh god this actually happens um I went to pick up a young gentleman, um, and I should have known he wasn't from the U.S. because he was okay with a guy working on him right off the bat. But um, I go to pick him up, and I'm walking him back to the room, and I'm like, so you, you pick him up from the waiting oh, room? From you, the waiting room. I'm, right. I'm not you, a hooker. Not a hooker. Right, right. Clarify <laughs> this. Not anymore. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I went to escort him back to the therapy room, and as I'm walking him back, I ask, have you had massage therapy before? And he's like, oh, yeah, just not in the U.S. And I'm young. I don't think anything of it. Uh, I'm back there. Everyone else, I had 
you know, instinctively knows what to do on the table. So I wasn't explaining too much about how he should dress down the leg. And we, we go over what he needs. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have you start like this, blah, blah, blah. And I step out of the room. And as you know, as someone who has been to our clinic, um, our tables, the head of the table faces away from the door. Okay. Um, so when I knock on the door, your voice comes from a distance. Okay. So when I knock on the door and your voice comes from close to the door, I'm already confused. Right. Um, I, I go to open this door and I... I want to paint this scene for you, okay? So please, these are, these, are, these are small rooms. There's like a stool. There's the table. It's got its drapery. The drapery is in our clinic. We have a, a blanket and then a top sheet and a bottom sheet. And the, the general idea is that you will pull back the blanket and top sheet and you will get underneath them and lie on top of the bottom sheet. And You're all covered up. All covered up. Uh, we have a bolster that I put underneath either your ankles or your knees. And as you know, yeah. I put it in when I come into the room. Right. You're about to find out why. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to leave it on the table in the position that I thought would be best for how I was starting them. Um, in this case, I had planned on starting him face up, blah, blah, blah. And I had it about the knee length of where it would be on the table. When I knock on the door, I hear him say, yeah, I'm ready. And it comes from real close to the door, and I'm already confused. I open the door, and he is lying with his head at the foot of the table on top of the bolster. Yeah. His, he is in his underwear. Oh, at least Com he had his underwear He is on. in his underwear. At least okay. he, I, I did not see anyone's gooch. And uh, <laughs> he, is, he has taken the drapery, and he has folded it all into like a nest he is lying on top of. And I, I am trying, to this day, I, I can't, I don't understand. I don't need to understand. It, 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 it's whatever worked best for him. And I just went, oh, okay. And I'm like, uh, so that's the foot of the table. Because I, I figured we'd start with the first. And he's like, oh, sorry about that. And he just flips around and I'm like, you know what? Well, fine, whatever. And so I am, I am supposed to have covered him back up, but he was still wearing his underwear. So I said, fuck it, whatever. And right. just performed from there. Very nice guy. Yeah, he wasn't weird in any way. It was just one of those like, okay. And so since then, I am very specific when I meet someone for the first time. You will dress down to your comfort level and you will get underneath the drapery. And I will pull back the sheet for someone the first time and explain. Yeah, I, I do that too. Uh, in uh, re reproductive fertility medicine, I say exactly what you're supposed to do because we see people in all kinds of uh, different t types of misunderstanding, let's call it. I, I, I recently uh, trained a new therapist um, who is going to be doing our stretch program. Um, and he himself, he is a, a personal trainer. He has a massage therapy license, but he doesn't normally use it. Uh, he was trained years and years and years ago. And I was talking to him about, well, why don't you do massage therapy itself? You have, you have this license. And he said, well, I quit after my first one. I'm like, really? Why, why did you do that? Tell me about that. And uh, because as we're talking about people not necessarily knowing what they should do on the table, he, his first uh, session was going to be at a retirement home. And okay. he was going to be working on some elderly ladies that were there that needed the help. And he had walked in. He set up his table. He told the nurse, I need her dressed down. I need her on the table. And he left the room. And he waited for them to get ready. Well, the nurse walks out. And he thinks, okay, I'm ready. And he goes and he opens the door. And he walks in. And this elderly woman is standing in the middle of the floor, butt-ass naked. Buck naked. Buck naked. A, a little delirious, unfortunately, which was, you know, it, it's sad to see. Uh, sure. She had piddled herself. Aww. And the nurse had just left, so there were there were some questions about what was going on there. And he he's he doesn't know what to do. And, and he's a new, he's a he's freshly a trained new. young man mm -hmm. to give a massage therapy, and now there's a naked older woman yeah. who's peed herself. He, oh, that's traumatic. It, it is. Sounds... Well, and he had to he he didn't know what to do. He he had a towel and he kind of like was 
with his foot trying to clean that up and he was trying to lead her to the table but she could barely move so he picks this poor lady up and he puts her on the table oh, he drapes her, her. Oh, and my after goodness. he's draped her he's like trying to work and like i said she's a little delirious or we don't know what her conditions were and, sure uh, unfortunately when one gets older sometimes gravity affects things and uh-huh. um Things had moved, and he unfortunately had it bop his hand. If you know what I mean. So a breast, a breast, uh, a fell, breast. A breast fell out of the drapery and bopped his hand, and he freed. He's like, "I'm so sorry." And her response was, "It's okay, honey. No one's touched them in forever." So and, it didn't bother her. She was fine. With and, it. But uh, he himself was like, "Oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing." And he's yeah. like, "I will be back in a moment." And he walked out and he told the front desk, uh, "She needs some help in there." And he left his table and he never came back. <laughs> wow, <laughs> he, he just, just he was out of there. Oh, and because some people just you know. It, it is a yeah. bit much. Your first, my first session was a choice too. So you know how that goes. It's always special. So tell me what has been, you know, one of the most uncomfortable or awkward positions for you. I'm sure maybe you have a lot to choose from. I, I do. I do. Um, I, I, I like to, to laugh at most of them. I mean, you, you, the I, names I, will be changed to protect oh, the innocent. Oh, no, Let's no, laugh I, I at a couple. I don't say names at all. I don't say names at all. We're totally good there. He or she. You know, it's the best you're going to get. I, I have had people, as we have said, people thought that we were um, sex workers. Sex workers. So I, I have been propositioned on numerous occasions and mostly in the past. It doesn't happen as much anymore. Is it mainly guys or an occasional woman? Too? Uh, it's about 50-50, actually. Really? At least for me, it is. I know for the ladies, it also actually, I guess, tends to be a little bit more 75-25 with them, at least the ones I've talked to. But once again, my really? so experience not exclusively male clients. No, 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 no. My, in fact, the first time I was ever propositioned was by a female. Tell me about that one. Uh, I was, once again, early in my career. Everything happened early in my career. I I had this seemingly lovely middle-aged woman, you know, like your your great aunt from Reno, you know, that lady. Wear sequins during the day, eat cigarettes, you know, that lady. Okay. Um, Great to hang out with. And I'm walking her back. She's chatting me up. I'm having a great time. I... Uh, we go over what she's looking for, which is mostly just relaxation. And I get her on the table, and she's like, "Oh, honey, you can really throw your 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 strength in there." And I'm giving her more strength. And as I'm working down, I get down to her thighs. She's like, "Oh, you know, you can move your hand in a little bit further." And I'm like, uh, "Actually, I can't. The, the drapery. <laughs> well, the drapery is where it is for a reason." And she's like, "Oh, honey, that's too bad. You know, you could easily." And I'm not going to go entirely to what she said, but um, it was it was unambiguous. It was unambiguous what she was asking me for, and I was like, "I cannot do that." And th- so you're trained, right? You're you're trained to say that is not appropriate, um, and you you can either end it right then and there, or you could tell them. We will continue, but you cannot do that again. You know, that kind of thing. Make a but, boundary there. Yeah, make a boundary. The problem is, is when you're new, you, you freak out. You're like, well, what sure. if I try to say she did right. something and she says that I did something instead? Oh. And especially as a male therapist. This Could is something ugly. Like, male therapists run into this huge he said, she said thing really easy. And it's really easy to misinterpret things. And so we are always super freaking cautious. Like, my drapery is incredibly conservative because I don't ever want there to be a misinterpretation, uh, an idea that I might be trying to touch someone in a way that I'm right. not. And so, like, if I am moving someone and I accidentally bump into something, I immediately am like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm and sorry. Most of the time, they're like, oh, I didn't even notice, honey. You know, right, that kind of right, stuff. Right, but, right, right, right. Um, yeah, no, I, I have been – I was propositioned by her. I have had guys proposition me, and I'm always like, no, sir, no. We're not that kind of place, you know. And gotcha. generally speaking, they drop it immediately. I, I feel worse for the ones that um, – as we would put it, pitch a tent. Pitch a tent. So <laughs> an occasional man will pitch a tent. And uh, 
they may not necessarily be wanting to. Right, right, uh, right. Blood right. flow is a thing, people. When right, someone right. is working on your thighs, blood is flowing, things can happen. No one is intending for anything. And we ignore it. We're trying to ignore it. We will only say something if you look like really uncomfortable. And it's mostly just us saying, it's okay. It's blood flow. It just relax. It'll go away. Right, right, right. Now, if they start making jokes about it beyond the initial just like, haha, take the you know, the steam out of the room kind of thing, then you're like, yeah, you need to stop. I mean, when you get yeah. people that uh, throw their junk up on their leg under the drapery so you don't know what's there, like, I, I, as you may know, when, before I undrape anything, I palpate the area. So I place my uh, hand in certain areas. And when someone know. has when someone has their, their junk thrown up what? near their psoas and you tap there and suddenly you have touched someone inappropriately. Gotcha. And they've done it on purpose. We, we had a guy, we had the blacklist once, because he was doing it to all what? the ladies up there. Uh, Not cool. Not cool. Fire his ass. We did, we did. Well, now, let's talk about how a person should prepare for a massage uh, for, for a massage session. I, I assume it's greatly appreciated if they for perhaps shower that day. Yes, we, we, we truly appreciate you coming in as clean as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we understand if you're coming from work, then maybe, you know, this is the first chance you got. We, we do our best. We're understanding. Please don't come in with dog shit on your heels. Yeah, and I'm that not, has happened. Yes. Sounds I, to me like that's I, happened. It's happened. Uh, I was not going to be touching their feet. It's like, no, 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 I'm sorry. This that, It smells like shit. It's dog shit. Please, please, <laughs> clean, please clean yourself. Like, I hope it's dog shit. Like, I don't know. Those are baggy pants. Maybe you couldn't help it. But, you know, it's just, yeah, we, we prefer that you are, um, we prefer you're clean. We prefer that you do not have any open sores. You do not have rashes. Yeah, let's that we talk can't about touch. that because I know I come in. You can see my my hands mm-hmm. all scratched from because I'm allergic to gloves, and yeah. I come in with a. But if it's a, a little, I guess how do you tell if that's a contagious thing or something? I just so scratched in my sleep. We, in, in my schooling, we actually had classes on being able to identify a lot of topical like irritants and like. Well, this is poison ivy. This is poison oak. Uh, this is psoriasis. This is eczema. Or hey, that mold needs them to go get it checked out. You know those kind of things. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. You are a professional, trained for all these things that you would not necessarily expect. Yeah, not allowed to diagnose. Not allowed to diagnose anything. Which to an extent I agree with because like we we deal with muscle and unless it's like obviously busted through the skin and broken, like I can't you for certain like some their therapists will say they can and you know if they can good for them but like if we're talking about that deep muscle terror like maybe i can feel something off that much in the muscle like i can definitely Mm. tell there's a warmth that there is uh an issue with the tonicity of the muscle but i am going to want you to go get an mri and have it looked at to be sure because i don't want to be stretching and moving something and moving it into a position that's going to hurt it worse but no we we do we get a decent amount of training. At least I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I like to assume that everyone else does. And I, I know it's assumptions make an ass out of you and me. So Yes, they do. So let's say somebody has a, a wound. It's not an mm-hmm. infectious thing. You can just avoid that area. For the most part. It depends on like if, if someone brings comes in and they have like, they've got gangrene. I'm going to tell you, sir, you need to go. You know, right you need away. to go get that looked, looked at. Um, we have people who will come in who have like, uh, old injuries that are they've they've torn back open. You know they've got a blister that's oozing. I'm like, well, I can't touch that. I can work around the area. I can work away from it. Um, but I, I can't directly touch 
an open wound. I can't touch something that's bleeding. You know, we, we try not to contaminate, you know, cross-contamination and just anything that could be infectious we don't want to deal with. So for somebody wanting a massage, you, you use basic courtesy. Yes. Be clean. Trim your nails, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do have a, a, a an injury, a skin, knee, or something, have a nice Band-Aid on it. Yeah. And yeah. Tell your therapist, and you should be able to work around it for yeah. the most part. Sunburns. Ah, tell me about sunburns. Sunburns are a fun one. So <laughs> technically, that there are therapists who will work on them. We technically... It's not bad for us to necessarily rubbing the oil into it. It can help with rehydrating the skin. It can also irritate your skin. It can hurt you or at least make you feel pain. It depends on what level you're at. But if you have a sunburn that is peeling, please do not come in because that will be all over my hands. Uh... I will literally exfoliate you while I am working on you. And that is just, to be quite frank, grody. (laughs) <laughs> That's grody. I've got grody on my whiteboard here. That's one of the words. So give the give the uh, your therapist forty eight hours notice so they can fill their slot. Don't stand them up. Yes, but that would be a reason to cancel and reschedule. Yes, yes, yes. And like we understand if you have a, a like that day you were out earlier in the day and you got sunburned during the day and you're like, oh, I, I hurt now because obviously if you are actively in a type of pain that does not allow me to touch you, then I shouldn't be touching you. You know, it's pretty simple. If your blood sugar is an issue, please bring a snack. Bring something that can help to um, re-level your blood sugar. Because while I'm working on you, your blood flow is going to increase. Your blood sugar is going to plummet. And so that can be a problem sometimes. It's why we ask about your medications, you know, because like we need to know if what we're working on like with you if is your blood pressure going to drop are you going to have a medicine that is like you have calcification in your veins and we need to know hey is that going to affect you while i'm working on you um and sometimes we need to know oh, okay so they're on an antipsychotic because they have convulsion or con- convulsions you know right. we need to know if you have that so that we can react to it and be able to help you if something goes wrong most but not all therapists are first aid trained ah um, Unfortunately, it is not a requirement in all states to maintain it. So oh. some, uh, generally speaking, my school required you to get it before you could go take your test. How about CPR? Uh, yes. Wow. Um, not all are, though. That's, gotcha. It's one of those things. It, there are different levels of schooling in general. You will have some therapists who are trained only in Swedish, only in reflexation, which still doesn't work, obviously. Uh-huh. I mean, they're still providing a benefit but not everyone will have that level of medical and it's it, you, you should ask i mean always ask your therapist what do you know it's not going to mm. be rude to want to know like if i go to the doctor i need to know they're accredited you know right. I, I would like to know do, do, are you school now, there's a difference between asking so did you go to school and asking hey what extra modalities have you been trained in you know like Unless you're in one of those states that doesn't require a license, you should assume that your therapist has a license. A lot of therapists who work on their own will have their license hanging up, and you can sure. see it. Proudly. If, you, if they work at an establishment, uh, at least in the state of Missouri, they have to have that license hanging up at least in their office. So there is proof that they have their license. They cannot be working at these places without it. Uh, I carry my license in my wallet because I have a miniature version. Yeah, I do too. I think you probably go through the same Board of Healing Arts I do. Yeah. We do. We do. In fact, yeah. I just renewed my license, so I have to get Yes, January. I just got my little yeah. card. <laughs> yeah. Now, the words you're using just reminded me of something we did not yet cover. Ooh. It's called reflexology. Ah, yeah, yeah. What is reflexology, so, Ryan? 
So reflexology, as I alluded to way back at the beginning of this, is uh, something that was first it's shown in Egyptian hieroglyphics. That's how long this has been around. It is the art of working through the feet to treat other parts of the body. So and they map out. In fact, you've do. got the gallbladder mm -hmm. here and the kidneys here and whatnot. They they have a chart of the feet put together side by side with the spine being in the middle and different each foot corresponds to different parts of the body each segment of the foot corresponds to different parts of the body and the belief is that when you have a problem there it shows in the feet and so you can be working on that part of the foot and it will send a signal back to that part of the body to instigate healing to at least cause the body to be aware of it because i mean like with erythemia getting the body to redden there's blood flow to the area so the body is now knowing hey we're here which can sometimes help with something or to, to help with the healing factor. Um, I am not a reflexologist. It's one of them I haven't right. taken yet. Um, I, I, once again, there's a million modalities and pick and choose. And I knew reflexologists. So I was like, well, they can handle that and I will handle this instead. Um, it's one I've always been fascinated by. Um, we went over it very briefly in my schooling, um, just enough to have like basic history. But um, when I'm working on someone, I do the hooking <laughs> on the feet that um what is hooking you meant you it's where I, I hook my thumb into the outer edges and kind of pull up and down that's good stuff because my feet get really abused in surgery and i tell you my whole body uh must be sore because everything you do on the bottom of my feet <laughs> is just fantastic you're hitting all the spots so if it's my gallbladder my liver <laughs> kidneys you're hitting them all and it all well, if feels you suddenly fantastic. have to pee while i'm working on your feet then you might want to go get that checked just saying <laughs> you hit the kidney spot fantastic so what is the grodiest thing you have ever had to deal with well, shit heel was one of them. Shit, shit heel. <laughs> <laughs> the aforementioned dog the aforementioned shit heel. The aforementioned shit heel. Um, <laughs> God, I've got a couple to choose from. Um, I'd like to hear them both. Uh, both? Both. Oh, let me rephrase. Yeah. Several. Let me change yeah. that to several. I'm sure there's hundreds. Uh, Let's hundreds, go to the top. Uh, I'm going to go to the, the greatest top. hits. Okay, so um, we've had the person who came in. Actually, now that I think about it, it was also shit heel that came in who was just caked in like mud and stuff and like they just had not cleaned themselves mud and stuff and they were a larger individual and so they had mud and sweat caught up in you know folds of the adipose folds. and oh. you know when you're working through that adipose you go up in there and then you pull oh. back and your hand is covered oh. in that oh you poor guy um so that was a fun one uh we had and bless her heart, an, an older woman who was also a bit larger, who needed assisted living, and someone had not fully cleaned her after she had used the restroom, and it was noticeable yeah, during the yeah. session. Not her fault, but definitely one of those moments where you're like, oh God, you know. Oh God, um, yeah. I have had someone uh, piss in the trash can in the room, so that was a fun one. We found out after. It was like, the, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Went to change. Went to change the trash. There the trash can is full of piss. There's a top um, ten, Ryan. My, I, ooh, I don't do my, that. Should I say it's my favorite of them? It's clearly the one where I went afterwards. Um, <laughs> I, I had an individual that I could tell was enjoying the session a bit much. Okay. Um, a man. A man. Okay. He would grind his hips into the table occasionally, and you know, I was like, "Sir, you need to need to stop that." And he, he, he did. He did. But. Um, so uh, he, you know, everything else in the session was fine. 
we finished. And as you know, when the session ends, we go out, we take the, the, the soiled linens and we yes. take them back. And the way I do it, because we take them in a bundle, I pull the blanket off first and then I take the top sheet. And so I took the blanket off, dropped it, folded it down, put it down. I took off the top sheet. And as I'm moving the top sheet back, I notice a large, sticky... Seminal fluid. Seminal fluid mess uh, on the table. And I'm like, so he really liked the He section. really liked that. <laughs> um, tipped me real goddamn well, too. So I, I guess I am a hooker. I guess God damn it. <laughs> but, uh, That's great. I mean, it was, it was definitely a moment. And, and there was, unfortunately, one where, once again, not the lady's fault, but it was her time of month. And it happened yes. during... And, I didn't, obviously we didn't know during, or at least I wasn't right. aware until afterwards and I went to move the, the sheet and there was spotting. It was and a med sure. And once again, it's not her fault and you just, you, you clean it up and move on. Yeah, it's part of being a medical professional. We get into body fluids and that, that comes with the territory. Oh yeah, I mean most of the most disgusting stuff is always body fluids. It's always yeah. body fluids. Yeah, so people that do what they can and mm -hmm. if something is involuntary, well then, then exactly. we're, we're professionals. So tell me, what are some of the most rewarding things that you get uh, from your work? And once again, I'm going to go to the front of the line. <laughs> I, I hobble into your, your studio and I walk out straight and smiling and functioning again, able to, to function. So after the, re the reward of working on me, <laughs> what, what other rewarding stories can you tell us about, Ryan? Uh, well, I... Uh, yeah, uh, it's being able to see the improvement people have is always just, it's such a moment. It's like when I am tired and broken and exhausted and sometimes pissy because, you know, when you work for a place, you get pissy. And you're human. And I'm human. You know, I have my days. But watching a client who did come in bent over, in pain, not able to, looking dreary and just not able to function the way they want. And then they, yeah. they stand up and they move and they, they go to sit up and they're like, Oh, that didn't hurt. Yes. Or like in you specifically. Yes. Being able to roll over so easy. Oh my now. God. Why, what was so hard about rolling over, right? Mm -hmm. You can be so sore that rolling over is difficult. Yeah. And then like that, that very first time you just flipped and you were like, I yeah. just did that. That I was after a that. few months working yeah. on me. I could, I could flip over mid, mid massage. Yeah. And, and that is one of those things that it, it really means a lot when I get to see that the work I'm doing has an actual effect. Not just in that moment, though, because like seeing them walk out of there is great, but seeing that progression where they start walking in upright yes. more and it's they stay there. Durable. There's another exactly. word I love up there with dwell. It's durable mm -hmm. and continuing in a trajectory yes. uh, towards health and improvement. Well, because like with massage, you've got people that come in just for relaxation. They just want to, to feel good. You have people that want to come in to maintain a certain level of homeostasis, a certain level of health. They're like, I feel good. I want to stay here. Can you uh -huh. release these little bits of pain? But then you have people who come in with real problems, and they want therapeutic change. They want uh, a full like transformation of what's going on. And that's something that doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that you just snap your fingers and it does or it, it fixes because I don't use the word fix. I never use the word fix. I say I invoke positive change into your ecosystem i love it and it's transformational that yes. there, there's like the the key word of this whole talk you you institute change you invoke changes that are truly transformational ryan I, I i yeah i like i really do try to be that person who makes who you want to be a reality right mm -hmm. You people come in and they are sore, they are hurt, they they're they're depressed because uh, yes. stress. This affects health in so mm -hmm. many different ways. Remember, I talk about medical matters here, 
and that's something else that I want people to take home. This is a true medical matter, a true therapy that has profound effects on your health, on one's health. Yeah. I mean, even if people are only, because we, we have people that come in who have psychological problems, not necessarily physiological problems. And they come in because, as we alluded to earlier, you don't get safe platonic touch in the United States very often. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not a clear, it's not a, mm-hmm. a, a, a they are blended. They, they, they are. are involved. It's not a black and white issue, the mind or body. Mm-hmm. This, these are all interconnected. Well, stress causes cortisol release, and that cortisol oh, yeah. just tears your body up. Your and brain is not separate from your body. Exactly, exactly. I mean, the placebo effect is a thing in of itself. Like, the, the mind does so much. And when I can bring that calm to someone and then in the process be able to flow through their tissues and get it to align, to get them back into a more proper state. And then they take it from there and they go, I feel better. And because I feel better, I think today I'm going to go work out or today I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to do something more than just sit here or I'm going to listen to what he said about how being in this draped over position all the time is bad for me and I'm going to stretch today. And then right. we become more. It's fulfilling to know that you're listened to. It's fulfilling to know that people are valuing you, but also yeah. just to know that you've made a difference. Because like, I, you're a perfect example of that. Watching you walk better and knowing that you are taking that health that you have achieved from that and you are using it to help other people. Yeah. I get to be part of right. that chain. And that, that community. Is amazing. Exactly, it's a community. Yeah, and... Um one f- one thing near the end here I want to get into is the concept of unwinding. We mm. talked, we we spoke about this uh, recently. So when you get to a, a hot spot where somebody holds tension or fear or whatnot, and this was big in I believe uh, Alexander body work, where mm-hmm. you hold things in various parts of your body, and when you release that. All, all, all of a sudden, all kinds of interesting things can happen. Can you tell me about some of those experiences for your clients? Yeah, and in fact, ironically, I had this happen just last week, um, or not last week, the week before, pardon me, um, where one of my clients who I've been working with forever and ever, she had been holding so much stress and pain in her shoulder, and we've been working with it, and I've been doing stretches and everything, trying to get it to move. And near the very end of our session, I'm reaching under to grip her shoulder, and I... I just get that feeling, like there's a pulse that you feel in the tissue. And I'm like, wait, no, I, I think this can happen. And I shifted and I pulled her, her neck into a stretch while holding her shoulder. And I said, I want you to let it go. And she's like, oh. what? And I literally, because it's me and I'm, I'm a dork, I start singing Let It Go to her. And she, oh, uh, I love it. She, uh, she starts laughing. She starts laughing. And then I said, now breathe. And she breathed out yes. and the unwinding began. And so for people who may, maybe not are wondering, well, what do you mean by unwinding? So I, unwinding is when we in, uh, manipulate and stimulate mechanoreceptors in the body to invoke an ideal motor reaction. So ideal motor reactions are basically involuntary muscle reactions, right? We call them involuntary, right? It's the, they're moving their arm, but they don't feel like they're moving their arm, right? I'm not picking up and moving it. It's moving, quote unquote, on its own. And so uh-huh. she's literally sitting there. She's going, my arm is moving. I'm not doing that. Why is that happening? Well, consciously, she's not doing that. Right, but, but it's pre-conscious. There's other, there's other networks in there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, do ever the, the fountains open and the tears come? Yes. Um, out so, of the blue? So one of the things is, is with a lot of body strain and stress, when you have a trauma, be it emotional, physical, whatever it is, your body has memory. And it remembers 
all of that pain that it felt at the time. And so when you start to unwind and that muscle lets go, it's like when you take a deep breath and you just go, <sighs> yes. and with it, it releases all that that you're feeling. And you may not consciously remember what it is that was causing that, but your unconscious mind does. And it just says, I can let this go now. And yeah. so you will have people that are just like, there's tears running down their face and they don't right. know why. They're right. like, I don't consciously know what this is. And they're like smiling. It's just, it's just happy flowing tears. And they're like, they feel the weight off their shoulders, you know, and I, I've had that happen before. And it's always this truly amazing feeling. And it, it's great when it happens with someone who doesn't necessarily have an injury, but they've got a held area from trauma that has happened to them in the past. And when that releases, that is a almost bombastic at times yeah. and it's it, it can be emotional you have to I as bet. a therapist learn not to pick up someone else's emotion and hold them yourselves because i mean there is yeah. emotional contagion and you can mm -hmm. have someone has a bad day and you take their funk and sometimes when people have this deep release you have this release with them and it is an amazing moment but yeah you know, I, I love it now my father uh rest in peace was very much into body work he had a had a bad back and he told me a story where he was having some type of Alexander massage body work. I, I hope I'm using the right terms here. Mm -hmm. And if I heard, if I remember this correctly, apparently the therapist put on a glove, a latex glove of some sort, mm -hmm. and literally went in his nostril. <laughs> apparently yeah. there are trigger points, and, and when you think about it, of course there are, mm -hmm. where he literally had some type of thing in his nostril. I don't know the, the details, mm -hmm. but my dad said, without thinking about it, he uttered, Mommy, <laughs> in his childhood, little Bruce, his name was Bruce Wilshire, little Bruce came out after 70 years, 60 or 70 years, from a touch in his nose, it touched something mm -hmm. in his body, in his mind-body experience and brought up this old, old old memory of something. He didn't even know where it came from, mm -hmm. and he thought it about it a long time afterwards, but it was uh, um, it rocked his world that this thing could happen from touching a part of the body where something was held. And we know things are mapped in the brain, and it's the most complex... Uh, thing in the universe, perhaps, uh, the brain, uh, but it's clearly very complicated. Body work, massage, psychology, well-being, mood, physical function of uh, our, our musculoskeletal system, all intricately uh, woven together, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It, massage has been trying to bring all the areas of the body together through touch and trying to help people release from that. And the body is this crazy, complicated, at times amazing, at times terrifying thing, right? Yes, well said. And there's so many different schools of thought that are welding together and realizing that, oh yeah, this thing that we thought was separate isn't. Mm. It's part of this. Mm -hmm. And we need to, I mean, like, we know that like the sense of smell is one of the most powerful triggers of memory. And the old, it's the oldest sense. And the it's, oldest sense. It, it is. And, and half of smell goes to your brain where you don't even think about it. Exactly. It straight to limbic and memory. Yes. And so it's why we do aromatherapy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All these add-ons and whatnot that can add to the experience. Mm -hmm. um, 
Well, Ryan, I want to say this has been one of the most interesting, delightful conversations I've ever had. I want to say once again, thank you for the work you do. Thank you for the information you've shared with me and our audience. And I look forward to uh, many, 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 many more years together with you. Well, thank you very much for having me, obviously. And uh, if I can, I just want to say thank you in general, because what you do has helped so many people here. I don't know if you ever sit down and think about it. I hope you do. Realize how many people currently exist because of you. Like you have literally brought so much to our community. And so like when you ask me to do this, of course I'm going to do this. I, I want to give back to someone who's given back so much to everyone here. Because I mean, that's, that's part of it. So yeah, I, no. I appreciate that, Ryan. Uh, we have over 6,000 baby pictures on our walls. Uh, and it is, it is one of the most real. If I'm tired and I have to come in early in the morning, I see the pictures and it, it, it uh, uh, renews my energy and my focus and, and my purpose in life. And I'm glad you have one too, Ryan. I think we're kin kindred spirits. Uh, what a pleasure it is to have you as my therapist and my friend. And uh, thank you again for the wonderful discussion. Thank you, thank you.